tokusatsu, taking the form of many shows including Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Metal Heroes. And today, a group of fans come together to review it for you as Toku Secrets. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Toku Secrets Podcast presented by AnimeSecrets.org. I'm your host, Nathan Desa, and today, ladies and gentlemen, we are beginning another journey. You followed us as we took a journey many years ago across the rainbow line with the Tokugers. A couple of years later, you followed us as we went on a treasure hunt with the Gokaijers. You followed us as we took a journey of a samurai, along with us taking a very ill-advised detour through the mini Kamen Rider world with Decade. We still regret that. Yeah. Um, you followed us when we were Jetmen, and today we are becoming students of Jukin. What is Jukin, you may ask? Well, you're going to find that out through this next Toku series that we are reviewing, Jukin Sentai Geki Ranger. We have the whole crew here again. I am your host. I call myself Geki Silver. Uh, I guess I'm going to wield a, I don't know, Panther Fist. I don't know. Maybe I'll just go with the wolf, even though there is going to be a wolf. But yeah, I call myself Geki Silver. I'll let the rest of the crew announce themselves. Go ahead, guys. Hey, I'm Patrick, and I'm still shinking red. Yep. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm Rizwan, and I'm reverting back to Gokai Red. Cool. Uh, I'm Anthony, also known as Cure You Green Number Three, because two has already been taken, and and so has one. So yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be just the only guy going with Gekki. I'm just gonna call myself Broken Silver. Um, there you go. I mean, I'll, I'll probably find like another like Gekki color to go to go along with it. So I just I just didn't probably do it today because I'm just too tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As a quick note, as a quick note to our audience, we are recording this at midnight for me and one o'clock in the morning for these guys. But don't let that detour you because we're gonna have a lot of fun tonight. <laughs> so today we are reviewing uh, Geki Ranger episodes one through eleven. Uh, we're only including eleven because it's a uh, two-parter with uh, episode ten. Um. So let's jump in. A uh, little bit of an introduction to Geki Ranger. Uh, there's not as much uh, big, like, you know, firsts with this one, unlike Jetman. Um, Jukin Sentai Geki Ranger translates to Beast Fist Sentai uh, Fierce Spirit Ranger. Um, it was the 31st season of Super Sentai, airing from February 2007 to February 2008. It features a kung fu theme with the wildcat and animal motif. It was adapted into Power Rangers Jungle Fury. So for the very first time, ladies and gentlemen, we are actually reviewing a Sentai where I, I, I think we all collectively like Jungle Fury here on Toku Secret. Yeah, so mm -hmm. for, yes. So for the yeah. very first time, we are reviewing a Sentai that was adapted into a Power Ranger season that we like. Because you know we like we we love Go Kaiser. Well, most of us anyway. Looking at you, Patrick. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we uh, we don't we hate Super Mega Force, and we all love Shinkinger, but we hate Power Ranger Samurai. Uh, yeah. I don't think we're gonna. Um, so it'll be a very interesting uh, journey to have. Um, the head writer for this Sentai was Michiko Yokote. Uh, she previously was an assistant writer 
with Decca Ranger and Maji Ranger, and she would also be the head writer of Ghost Sager. That's not good. Most people know Ghost Sager is my least favorite Sentai. Yeah. Um, uh, much like um, Shinkinger, this Sentai does give different names for its episodes. They're called Lessons, and uh, every title features weird gibberish in the title, um, reflecting the weird language and the primitive upbringing of our main character, Geki Red. So, uh, and whenever I'm watching like the new TV Nihon subs, they says training for mine. All right, so uh, let's jump in. Um, so our first lesson is called Nikki Nikki Fierce Beast, Beast Fist. Uh, Nikki Nikki is one of the things that uh, Geki Red uh, says frequently. Um, so uh, we are introduced to our main characters of this seat um, here. Uh, here is the list of characters that we have. Uh, John Kondo, Geki Red, who wields the Tiger Fist. He's a, uh, well, I'll go into, uh, I'll tell you more about him when we get there. Uh, Ron Uzaki, Geki Yellow, she's a Cheetah Fist wielder. Retsu Fukami, Geki Blue, Jaguar Fist. Um, our supporting characters include Master Shafu, who's a, who's a mentor of the Geki Rangers. Uh, he's a Fist Sage. Um, he actually, uh, He's, he kind of fills RJ's role, but technically his counterpart is Master Mao, because, um, uh, spoiler alert here, guys, uh, you might remember in uh, Jungle Fury, uh, the, at the very last episode, all of the Pai Shua Masters took on these animal forms. Well, in uh, Geki Ranger, those are their natural forms that they're going to be in throughout the entire series. Um, they don't have human forms. Uh, so Master Shafu is the cat this age. Um, we have Miki Masaki. Uh, she is a leopard fist user, although she's retired, and she's a high executive of a sporting goods company called Scratch, which um, they sell sporting goods, and they also help support the Geki Rangers, which is actually important, and we'll talk about that in a second. And uh, to round it up, we have our two main villains, uh, Rio, who is a lion fist wielder, He's the main villain of the series. And uh, Melee, who is a Rinjukin beast with a human form. She loyally serves Ryo, and we'll find out more in uh, one of the episodes. At the beginning, um, so one of the cool things about this Sentai is that at the beginning of every episode, um, well, with the opening theme, the basic plot is explained. So I'll try to explain this as best I can. but. Um, so, Jukin is a form of kung fu that mimics the movements and abilities of animals, and this allows them to achieve spiritual peace and manipulate key energy in the form of animals. Jukin is split into two different schools, uh, Geki Jukin Beast Arts. Uh, this is the school that the uh, Geki Rangers follow. It's a school for justice and uh, peace uh, and discipline. And then we have the Rinjukin Beast Hall, which believes in the superiority of Jukin and wants um, prioritizes strength and power over everything and wants to uh, take over the world. Um, and those are our main villains. So effectively, the best way to kind of explain this in a nutshell is this is like Jedi versus Sith in Star Wars, except instead of uh, 
people using the force and lightsabers. It's people fighting with with kung fu and animal energy. That that's the best way to describe it. Wouldn't you guys agree? Yeah. I never really thought of it that way, but that's actually a really good description. <laughs> well, the way that's how you said to me earlier when we were chatting um, before the podcast, and yeah, I have to agree with you. That's super accurate, and it makes a lot of sense. Yep. So now the ultimate question is: Does the high ground help here too? We'll find out the finale, right? Lord. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, speaking of the Geki Rangers theme song, uh, real quick, what do we think of the Geki Rangers theme song? Um, it's catchy. I, I love it. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those that it gets stuck in your head and you can't get rid of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely like it. It's not like top-tier Sentai opening theme, but it's definitely good, right? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it's uh, on par with uh, Shing. It's not as good as Shinkinger's theme song, but I put it in maybe my top fifteen. Yeah. Oh, and also fun fact: some of the scenes that were in uh, the uh, opening opening theme song was actually filmed in New Zealand. Oh, that's yeah. where Power Rangers was also filmed too. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Like. like- like the like the shots of them like um, fighting in like um, in the open areas and like outside. I think that was filmed in New Zealand. Oh, that makes well, sense. Yeah. Okay, so let me let me throw out some production stuff. I think I think this is all accurate. And if it's not, please correct me in the comments, audience. But um, I believe this is the season. That's the first time that they have the Japanese crew and the American crew both in New Zealand at the same time using the same sets and the same props. That's possible. possible. I've read that somewhere recently, but I haven't been able to substantiate it beyond that claim I read somewhere on Reddit or something. I don't know entirely, but there definitely could have been some overlap. I can't no, I mean, yeah. overlap. Like I think they had the sets built for one thing, and then the Americans might have used it after the Japanese were done. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't filmed at the same time. I think they're just filmed in the same places, which is why it's easier to integrate stuff. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, uh, the plot of our first lesson um, is that Jan Kondo is found by Mickey when she's trying to deliver these bracelets to Master Shafu. Uh, The bracelets, unfortunately, get stolen, and they play a big part later on. So remember the thing about the bracelets, guys. Um, And she discovers that he has Jukin in him when he uh, is able to roar like a tiger to help fight off a monster that attacks her. So he gets recruited to by the Scratch Company to uh, join training for Jukin. <clears throat> he joins up with two other students, Ron and Retsu. And they have to come together as it's revealed that the Rin Jukin Hall, led by Ryo, um, is preparing to its revival with a full-scale invasion. So that's pretty much the... Uh, episode uh you know it plays out pretty much you know pretty similar to the jungle fury episode <laughs> like literally the first tension is pretty much the same as the jungle fury morph red and blue uh morph together and then red is all like 
ah, like it's not working. Because he's uh, doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, speaking of the uh, changers, by the way, uh, this is something I want to uh, briefly bring up. Um, in, ju- uh, in Jungle Theory, the solar morphers, the, the sunglasses, those are actually original. Uh, here in Geki Ranger, they have these gloves on them that they used to change. And you actually see the gloves because they're part of the Ranger suit. Uh, um, I would, uh, what do we think, like, uh, what do you guys think of, like, you know, the Geki Changers compared to the Solar Morphers? They're so much better. I always hated the idea of sunglasses because they didn't even fit with the theme of, the, of Jungle Fury. It didn't. It was yeah. weird. I think the only reason they did that because they, they didn't want, like, because, like, it was, uh, uh, like, a, a hazard thing. They were like, oh, we don't want kids to be, like, just around, around punching people with the, the gauntlets or whatever. I'm just like, it's that's stupid, though, but whatever. Honestly, I like both a lot. Um, I, I'm actually a big fan of the sunglasses, not because of the cool factor, but it's a nice utility to have Older communications into sunglasses, like with an earpiece or something. Yeah, and it gives them. I never them... mind of the solar morphers. Hmm. I never mind of the solar morphers either. Yeah, I, oh, I okay. actually love the solar morphers a lot. Um, but I like the simplicity of these gauntlets or gloves mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call them. Like that's just it's clean. Yeah. Um. So I'm a fan of both. What do we think of the uh, Geki Ranger suits while we're at it? Uh, you guys can go first. The I... first, uh, you go, go ahead, first. Okay. No, you go first. The the first time I saw them back when I watched Young Wolf for the first time, they really bothered me because they didn't have a belt. <laughs> I think they're yeah. the only they're the yeah. only Ranger suits to not have a belt, and it drove me crazy. But over the years, they've grown on me a lot. I never worried about the belt. I honestly, I like the suit because it's a very simple suit. It's yeah. um, it's not gaudy. It's not um, it's not like some of the other suits in the franchise that I just don't like. Um, especially compared to the other animal Sentai themes that we've had. Uh, this is my favorite one of those, even. The the next best of them would probably be, I think Zeodes are over uh, Gowrings there for me. Yeah, I can see that. The one thing because I Gowrings like, is ugliest sin to me. I, I I don't know. <laughs> the one thing I do like is that the whole time I watched Jungle Fear, I was like, why does this stuff look like athletic gear? And then lo and behold, the Sentai they basically work for Nike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it all makes sense. <laughs> it makes so much sense watching the Sentai. Yeah. So for, the, for the listeners back home, just FYI, <clears throat> I think I'm the only one of the four of us that spent the week prior to us starting Geki Ranger binging all of Single Fury. And immediately when the finale of Single Fury ended, I began episode one of Geki Ranger. <laughs> so this all fresh oh, wow. my mind. And as I'm watching Geki Ranger, I'm filling in the gaps of. Oh, this is why this happened in Rangers. Got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think lack of a belt works because, like, you know, they, they're fighting, they, you know, they want to do Kung Fu, and you want to have a suit that, like, fits their fitting, fighting style, yeah. so they wouldn't yeah. want to be constrained by a belt. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. Yeah, they have they have no use for any, like a holster or anything, so it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, except one, but we'll we'll get to him later. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think these suits are top ten for me, actually. Yeah. Definitely. Uh so um I think I've gone on over all the major details that have happened with the uh, first lesson. Uh, what do we think of this opening episode? Um, like, you know, with uh, how they establish the characters. Like, do we think that this is a... Do we think that it establishes the main characters good and, like, the motivations? I personally think that it does a good job at establishing... I, I think Rio, they do a good job with establishing John and Rio because... We don't see much with Rio, but we do see like flashes of a flashback with his past that's going to be very predominant throughout this series. So I think it's pretty good. I don't think that they do as great of a job at establishing Retsu and Ron as characters, though. But what do you guys think? So I'm going to go first, just to make a comment that might help somebody down the line. So we made a grave error when we first watched the episode one of Geki Ranger, um, we chose a subtitle group because Geki Ranger has not officially been released by South Factory yet. It will be at some point, but just not yet. And the subtitle group that we used originally, they did a terrible job subbing the episodes. They made Don sound like an even bigger idiot than he will be later quoted by the way <laughs> and honestly the subtitles were so bad and so offensive to me that i nearly threw in a towel at episode one and was about to tell these guys either we do a different sentai or i'm setting out this review series because i couldn't stand it but then a very nice person mentioned to me that the TV Nihon subtitles are superior in every way. So I said, okay, fine. I'm going to watch the first episode subbed of TV Nihon, and I'm going to see what I think. And honestly, it changed everything <clears throat> for me. Like, I don't know if y'all watched both versions or not, but I did, and oh my god, it's night and day difference. Absolutely. Like, I could not watch the first episode on YouTube, because like they had their own subs for it or whatever. And yeah. the first thing that you read from John is "baddie baddie." I'm like, what? What is? What am I reading right now? A baddie no, like baddie. He keeps saying "baddie baddie." He keeps saying "nicey nicey," and I'm like, dude, we're not five year olds. This is not a. Well, maybe it's made for five year olds in Japan, but no, it's made for us. Screw him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like this. This was just degrading to watch in that way, and I hated every second of it. Um, but watching... So getting back to the point of the actual pilot, not counting the translation errors we had, this this isn't, like, a very strong opening. Um, it It gives a decent foundation... We get a decent idea who Zahn is, and I have opinions on him that we'll get into later. But um, it definitely sets the stage for what we're going to get. I agree with Nate. Ron and Retsu get nothing in this episode, and it kind of bugged me a little bit. But also, I get it. Because oftentimes, I'll complain 
about seasons where they introduce all five at the same time and then nobody really gets like focus. But here we get up close and personal with John real quick. And we get to learn more about the other cast as we move through the series. So I think pacing wise it was good. It just it didn't feel as strong as it could have though. And I, I don't know what they could have done differently to help it, but it just felt like it was missing something that could have made it better. And I don't know. What do y'all think? So this episode kind of brings up an issue that I've had with some of the more modern Sentai. And it's that they rush the start of the season so much. Because this really should have been two episodes. Yeah. Just, just to really... Because I felt like they encountered Bran too quick and then brought him in and then he got antiquated like almost immediately. Like, it was just too fast. Yeah, I think, I think one thing I didn't like was they definitely brought him in way too quick, but he's basically a jungle boy. Like, I don't know if we really mentioned this, but he's Tarzan. He lives in the jungle. He grew up in the jungle. All his friends are the pandas. Like, he's in the first scene, homeboy's literally wrestling with pandas. As if it was a casual thing. Like a casual mm-hmm. Tuesday. No big deal, right? Like, um, He's not supposed to understand modern technology. He's not supposed to understand human anything. Like, the mere fact that he can speak the Japanese language and communicate to them, that's a huge thing already. Yeah. He has his own, like, really bad slang that we'll get into later. But if if he's literally just jumping out of a forest and all that. I don't think he should be acclimating to being a Sentai Ranger that quickly. Well, it's more like they just gave him the gauntlets and a uniform, like, immediately. Shouldn't... Sing- yeah, there you no go. Like, it, what, especially what? because the next few episodes, it's all about training him to get on the levels of the others. Why didn't they just why didn't he go through like a mini training session before he got his Geki Ranger gear? Yeah. Well, the same thing did happen in Jungle Fury, mind you. True, but Casey had al- was already pretty well versed in. Yeah, at least we're training. Yeah. Like- okay. So, so Casey's training huh. in Jungle Fury at the point that he was at when he and Zared had the tiff in the beginning. He was just a towel boy. He didn't really... The first time he used his animal spirit was right then and there when he and Jared went at it. So... Yeah, but the point so I'm trying to make understanding is... of yeah. animal spirits, but he wasn't well-practiced in it. Yeah, but at least he had that foundation. That's, that's kind of where yeah. I'm going. That Rand doesn't. And they just threw him in there anyway. <laughs> like okay. if they had if they had the other two go in there to showcase what they did and then had him go through a training sequence and then show up late and then makes like his grand entrance as red then. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think 
so I don't want to spend a lot of time comparing Jungle Fury to Geki Ranger here, but I think it's very important to note Jungle Fury's pilot first two episodes is a two-parter, and mm-hmm. it was a really strong pilot to the season. Like, we had the basic idea of Dicey and the Paisua Academy. We had the idea of these guys being the guardians to prevent Dicey from coming back. And oh, look, Dicey came back. Spoilers. That's great, right? Uh-huh. And it's them trying to deal with the fact that, oh, well, I guess we should probably do something about that. And they kind of ease into it. Like, they, they spend time to find her mentor. The mentor toys around him a little bit. Then he helps them. But here, it's it's so rushed. I agree with you, Pat. Like, that was mm-hmm. a huge problem for me. Yeah. And it's not just this one that did that. Like, there's other Sentai that I've watched. And things are rushed really quickly. And... Yeah, it, it just bugs me sometimes. And, and it's a, it's a problem with more modern Sentai because Jetman didn't have that issue. Zoo Ranger, for as so much as I hate it, its opening arc was like six episodes. It's it started off at really well paced, but then you look at like Shinkenger where they introduce Shinkano like episode one. Like, let's, let us sit on him for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I mean the same thing is true for um uh what is it, Kia Razor? That yeah. had a pretty good decent entry with like mm-hmm. I think it was a two parter if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember yeah. exactly it, but it was like four episodes revolving around them all coming together as a team. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I remember it was like something more drawn out. They didn't get to mech yeah. until like episode five or something. Yeah. I like, love when Sentai's try to draw the opening arc out like five episodes instead of how they do it now where they try to jam everything into like one or two episodes. And yeah. that, that was a big that was one of my complaints to the Zenkaiser opening. Like Anthony is the only one here that's seen it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um but that was super rushed as well. Like the way today just introduced the world, introduced the idea of the different worlds that they can go to. And then all of a sudden, oh, hey, look, you're all going to become a Sentai. Like, mm-hmm. it was just kind of haphazardly put together, but it did improve after that. But yeah, sometimes I think Sentai writers don't know what they're doing with the opening. Mm-hmm. I think Haku Ranger probably had the best handling because, like, Ninja oh, yeah. White is all, already a Ranger, and then uh, Ninja Red and Ninja Blue join her. And then over like maybe the next like two or three episodes, we meet Ninja Yellow and Ninja Black. Yeah, and then like Muteki Shogun didn't show up until like episode six. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, same with Daijujin and Zoo Ranger. Like they, they the mechas took forever to show up, and I actually like that. Even Jetman didn't come immediately. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know why modern Sentai want to rust things. Show off the toys. Yeah, yeah. Show <laughs> off the new toy as soon as possible. Yeah, merchandising, merchandising. Yeah. But um, Anthony and Nate, I want to hear your thoughts on the pilot. Given y'all have seen this before. Yes. 
I mean, I just gave mine. I, I think it establishes. I, I really like how it establishes Rio and John, but I have I. To me, a pilot. The one thing that matters in a pilot episode to me is if it can establish the characters of all the Rangers. You know, which is why you know I like. You know, like I think Lost Galaxy's pilot episode is great because it establishes the personalities of all the main five Rangers, and I think uh, the Jungle Fury episode does a good job of that. Well. It doesn't do a good job at uh, establishing Retsu and Ron, so that's my major gripe with it. Honestly, and it's probably a spoiler for our, the rest of our discussions, but I didn't get a good feel for Retsu until whatever his character focus episode was. It was like six or seven, I think. Yeah. I, I did not get a good understanding of his character until then. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't have taken that long. Ron, I got a better reading of quicker than that. But that's also helped a little bit by her own focus that she got earlier on. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Anthony? What do you think of this first episode? I mean, I, I pretty much like I feel the same as you guys do. Like, there's not enough development between the the, the other two Geki Rangers and You're a little muffled, man. Oh, sorry. Uh how I said, okay. Sorry about that. Um, I feel I feel the way you guys feel about it. Like the two Geki Rangers did not get as much focus as focus in the first episode. Uh, <laughs> I still have my little annoyance about about John and how he like he's he's very he's very he can be very annoying at times. I'm just like why. I understand the story of why he is the way he is, but like it's just ah, oh, he'd be frustrating sometimes. I'm just like just want to just choke him. Like shut up, you like you stop doing things that are necessary. <laughs> yeah, I think I think John's gonna get the preliminary Riz title of hot garbage for the moment, and not hot garbage because because he's a, a bad character. He's hot garbage because he's annoying. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Like, well, we give uh, this uh, pilot out of ten. I personally give it a seven. Five. I'm yeah. going with a five. Anthony, I'm gonna give it a seven too. Okay. So we're averaging a six. If you guys want to add anything, or do we want to move on to the next one? I just Onward. Like the fact I'm one second. Go for it. Yeah, I love, the fact, I love the fact that the side character Mickey can just like is like able to actually is actually proficient in fighting uh, in the in the uh, in the uh, art because like normally you don't get characters who like side characters that can fight you know that in, in shows that nowadays but like that's pretty interesting that she can fight. Yeah, I will make one more comment. I just noticed the episode titles all revolve around having a John. Cat's phrase in the title. Yeah. Hey, don't you? I I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not too happy. I'll put it that way yeah. for the moment. I know <laughs> and I know we didn't bring up Master uh, Shefu, but there's a there's a certain characteristic trait, or not a characteristic trait, but there's something about him that's constantly distracting me. His stupid tiny little pause. I cannot oh take God. this guy seriously. Dude, I thought I was the only one. I was like, his, I know. His paws are so annoying. Like, why do you, 
Who thought it was a good idea to give it's like those tiny paws? <laughs> I've noticed a problem with the, with the Japanese Sentai when it comes to this. They do a really bad job with the animal type characters at this era of Sentai. Look at Doggy Kruger in the Sentai versus Doggy Kruger in America. And I mean, it, it's just night and day difference in how they do them. But in this case, they yoinked the suits from here into the American footage of Jungle Fury. So you get what you get. But <laughs> what, what, didn't the not... Jew men from uh, Jew Oger look better? Yeah, they, they get, yeah, they're they, not as they, bad. They do look a lot better. Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. I probably prefer their design. No, does, I, think, I think it's just the, the era that we're talking about right now. Back in that what, 2007, 2008 yeah. timeline? Yeah, 2005 era. Yeah, it, it's just a quality difference in production, and I'm, I'm willing to overlook it. So like, am I, but it's hilariously distracting when he's on screen. You know, I don't, I don't get that impression, honestly. I have not noticed that. And for people who want to kind of give context for, like, what Patrick is saying, like, there, this scene in the Jungle Fury finale, and I love the Jungle Fury finale. It is a great finale, yeah. even though it is only one part. That scene where the Paichuan masters take on their animal form, and then Master Mao says something like, farewell, hideous beast, and he like waves with that tiny paw. That was <laughs> unintentionally hilarious. Well, exactly. imagine that whole thing this entire show. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You got this serious master, and he's got this comedically small hand. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Alright, All let's right. move on to the second lesson. Uh, walkie walkie uh, beast fist combination. Um, so, uh, in this episode, we get the debut of our main robo, Geki Toja. Um, pretty much uh, this entire episode is about Retsu and Ron teaching John the basics of uh, Gekijuken. Uh, we get more, a little bit of character development for Retsu since he's really frustrated and he has to learn how to like help John learn about it. Um, it is uh, a big thing in this. Uh, they kind of touch it on Jungle Fury, but I think it's a bit more sophisticated here. Um, the Geki Rangers discover that as a team, the three of them, they perfectly represent the triangle of the three unique attributes for Jukin. Uh, the three attributes are heart, technique, and body. So Ron represents heart. Uh, you know, she fights with heart, and, you know, her fighting style revolves more around speed, which comes from heart. Uh, Retsu is technique, because uh, his... Um, his uh, fighting style was very technique-based, and uh, John is body. Uh, he's more, like, strength-based. Um, and because of that, they are able to summon their Geki Beasts in giant form, in a physical form. Uh, John, Tiger, uh, Retsu, the Jaguar, and Ron, uh, the Cheetah, and they're able to combine to form Geki Toja. Um... I, the one thing I want to say about this episode that I really like is that um, uh, there's a scene where uh, Retsu um, 
is, you know, talking with Miki, you know, trying to, you know, complaining about how he has to teach John, you know, how to do Gekijuken. And what I love about this, I think this uh, is a little bit more uh, sophisticated than what Jungle Fury does, where, you know, Theo is just trains Casey because he has to. And kind of, you know, everybody has different training styles, which is fine. But what yeah. I like is that Wetsu thinks, okay, I learned how to fight like this because I like to fight like this. Well, John really likes to, is really intrigued by these uh, nunchaku. So I can teach him a training style with the nunchaku because that's what intrigues him. I think that's a little, has a bit more of a human, like a little bit more of an organic thing to it. And that's the thing I really like about this episode. Um, what do you guys think of our second episode? Go ahead. Um, I, the one thing I do respect about this is that usually when they establish these kind of like, uh, I guess you could say, uh, archetypes for how they're like, how they do the body technique and heart thing. Yep. Those are usually throwaway lines in other seasons, but just kind of looking ahead to how the rest of this, the batch of episodes we're looking at. These are actually established, and they kind of just, they actually integrate them into combat, where what, uh, Jan is kind of like the power of the group, Retsuo Itsu is the, uh, kind of the, the more flashy and stylistic fighter, and Ran is uh, very, like, Chun Li-esque in how she fights, with just, like, these rapid blows, like, they're actually integrate into their combat style and I appreciate that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was literally a throwaway line in Jungle Fury. No yeah. offense to Jungle Fury. Even in even when they try to establish stuff like this in other seasons, they just end up being tossed aside. But here they actually run with it. And I, I it's it's nice. I respect it. Yeah. Uh Riz, you want to add anything? As the other guy who's never seen this? <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with Patrick that I like how to integrate the three attributes to make the mech. I think that's pretty cool that they're actually following through with it. Um, going back to your comment, Nate, about Geki Ranger doing it better than Jungle Fury for how they train the Red, who has no idea how to fight. So, this is where I have an issue with Retsu right now. It's not a critical issue, so don't take it that way. But the thing that I think would have helped here in the Sentai would have been a little bit more feel for Retsu as a character. Um, because he just seems very one-dimensional here as a, in personality. And yes. I think this I think this falls back on what Patrick said in the last episode about how they rush things way too quickly. And this is a product of that being a, uh, the problem here. And it just... It felt rushed. I have no idea who Redster Red really is. All I can get is he's some arrogant dick who doesn't like the new guy because he's kind of a single boy. And I get why, because jungle boys are not typically the kind of person you'd want on your team being your leader. So I get why he'd be annoyed, but 
I don't get anything else out of it. Like when we met T- Theo, we knew he spent years at uh, Paisua learning that he trained with Lily, that he is a perfectionist. We had an idea who he was as a character before he even laid hands on Casey to train him. And, and that that slight detail here bugged me a little bit. Yeah. It, it, it's not critical to so I don't think it is, but that's just my observation on that to counter I, yours. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but my my thing is more like in Jungle Fury, RJ just gives them and assigns them these weapons while with Ngeki Ranger, John really likes the nunchaku. You know, he has like a childlike fascination with it. And John has a childlike fascination with everything. Yeah, I know, but like Retsu thinks like, <laughs> okay, he likes these weapons. Maybe I can use that to help train him a bit better. Yeah, and I think that that part is done better that he selected a weapon based on what Zon's more interested in. I will give you that, but I, I think the interaction of the actual training lacked a little bit because we didn't know Red Sea too well yet. Yeah. So there's a lot of up and ups and downs in here. Um, but I think we oh, can all agree that like the heart technique and body thing is one of the big strong points of this series. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And also, I gotta say, m- despite the hands. I think Master Safu is a really cool character. He he fills the RJ role, but he's nowhere near RJ at being RJ. Because um, RJ just is amazing in Jungle Fury. But yes. Master Safu, if I hadn't seen Jungle Fury ever, I would be like, I would, I would feel like how I feel for RJ right now with him. Yeah. Um, he has the same kind of way of talking. He has the same kind of way to teach lessons. And he has the same kind of philosophy as RJ. But RJ just does RJ better. Um, yeah, I can't really disagree with that. <laughs> so I, I just want to call that out that I thought he's a really well done character. He is fantastic. It's just RJ is more fantastic. <laughs> I, I do like how they play up the fact that he's a cat. Yeah. <laughs> he does he does stupid cat stuff <laughs> to kind of take away from oh, him being the- a really good and well uh, knowledgeable mentor and then he'll fall on the ground and start rubbing his nose. <laughs> what? When John first met him and he ran over and started rubbing him. Yeah. That cracked me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great cat, man. Take advantage of some of those jokes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And they haven't been uh, excessive, so it's a good thing. No. Yeah. Mm. You want to add anything to this, Anthony? Oh, um, yeah. Overall, like this episode, episode two, um, like just like, they're all teaming up and like finally coming together as a team. John's still being John, but that is something you just can't help for now. <laughs> What do you think about Geki Toja as a main mech? Um, I, I always thought it was... Do what? I was going to say I can start it off, but go ahead. Yeah, go, no, 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 you can go ahead. Okay. So I have the benefit of just having watched all the single Fury. And honestly, that mech is like... It's stolen... 
it's still in its place in my heart as one of the best mechs in the franchise, I think. Like, the the reason I like it, it's so it's so simple. It's literally three mechs that come together to make the mech, and it's also very nimble. It it has amazing mobility. Thank like you. Like those suit actors, dude. I don't know how they were able to jump around and do those crazy maneuvers the way they did in those heavy suits, but man, they maneuvered crazy good uh-huh like I, I couldn't help but notice like all throughout jungle fury um just how nimble and how versatile the movements was on that mech yeah so, what are, one of the things i've always disliked about the mech and megazord fights is how clunky they all are but the fact that this thing is actually like you said, nimble. And I don't know about you, but the 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 sets they used for the the mecha battles and the camera angles are a lot more dynamic too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the other the other Sentai that comes close to this would be Deco Ranger with the uh, <clears throat> what's what? the first mech called? What? Help. Decker Ranger Robo is that what his name? Yeah, yeah. Ranger Robo. Yeah, that one's also similarly nimble and. I like the way that in that one, the mech can, you know, sneak around buildings, and mm-hmm. it, it's not just here's a sword. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. do a thing with it. Yeah, yeah the, the mecha fights are actually interesting and engaging because they do something unique with them, too. So also, just... is this the first mech in the mainline Sentai that has no sword as the primary mech? I think there's a handful of them that did, don't, but I know Abareno didn't, but he had a drill hand. Okay, yeah, that counts as a sword to me. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Like it doesn't have a primary weapon. I just think the concept of the mech in general is great because keep in mind these aren't like machines; they are yeah. literal like spiritual projections that are extensions of the Geki Rangers. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's probably what makes it one of the more unique mechs. I'd probably put it into my top five, honestly. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. This is like a really good mech. Did anyone else feel like weirded out when you heard bones cracking when they were like combining the legs together? Okay, yeah, that was annoying. <laughs> yeah, I was. It's like it, it's. I like, get it when they're fighting and they do like that crack of their knuckles thing to do like a move. But yeah. <laughs> hearing it when the mech's limbs move to get into place is a little bit much. <laughs> it's like, but they're not even like actual like their legs. Is it, it's all. Sp- it's like a spirit projection being <laughs> physically manifested. Crack. <laughs> we give the rating for uh, the second lesson, guys. Uh, I, I'd say eight for me, just because I like the debut of Geki Toja and um, yeah, seven. I think would be better. Yeah, I'm gonna get a seven as well. Anthony, I'm almost gonna give it a seven. All right. Okay. Well, we can just uh, move on to. Uh, we're going to, these next couple of lessons, uh, we do have some story arcs, but uh, this next one, I guess, 
It's prelude to a uh, major. We actually don't have that many filler episodes in this batch, believe it or not. Yeah, um, it's all pretty useful. Third lesson is called Shio Shio Cleaning Power, which this episode is just about John um, going through training where he has to um, scrub the floor to do training while they're fighting against a bull monster. And that's pretty much it. Um, I, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I think that this is great. I, I, I like this episode and I like the Jungle Fury episode too. Like, I mean, but I think this works for Gekki Ranger as well a little bit better because with Jungle Fury, it's great. You know, like we get to see, um, you know, uh, John, uh, John uh, Casey uh, expand his training a bit more. And, you know, it's like, you know, RJ just being straight up Mr. Miyagi, wax on, wax off. But uh, I think it works better with Geki Ranger, though, because this is going to be a major theme in all of these episodes where mundane tasks are seen as training. And I think that's the overarching theme for Geki Ranger. Yeah. Well, what do you guys think of this? No, I agree with you that they handled the theme here a lot better and establishing the theme of how the Geki Rangers are going to go for the rest of the season with training. Mm -hmm. It's not this, you must learn this mystical art form of ancient martial arts to overcome your enemies, but rather you must learn how to clean the floors. But the thing I liked about RJ's technique that I kind of wish they brought into that they kind of had in Geki Ranger. So Casey wasn't just doing the floors. He fixed the chair. He um, did some other different errands for RJ that all of them helped him in the end to fight. And I think that was a really nice touch to from the Miyagi side of it. And but I think the scrubbing the floor in this one in particular, it was particular because they're battling against a bull monster. Yeah. And, you know, he's yeah. able to, like, push a dust cloth with, like, 10-pound weights to, like, help them train to be able to push that monster. And that part, to me, was interesting. Um, I like the fact that they had the weights on there. That's something they didn't do in Jungle Fury, and I thought that was a pretty cool way to, like, enhance mm -hmm. it. Um. It just, I like the direction that they went with it. I definitely think that the way that he taught him was good. I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying I kind of wish they had thrown in, hey, fix my chair, dude. But I, I definitely get where you're coming from. Yeah, of course. Patrick, um, take your words. Yeah. Yeah. Don't really have anything to say about this one. It was just like the 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 training sequence was interesting. I do like how this season makes like you actually have to sit down and think about what this thing he's making them do is actually going to help. Because I was kind of catching on through watching them do these mundane things, like in, in the episodes after this too. Uh, they actually make you think. Like, how is this going to help? And then you see an action, it's like, oh, I, I never would have thought of that. 
Um, I thought this one was a bit goofy, though. Like, to have him bull rush into a, a an actual bull. And then I remembered, oh, wait a minute. He's the body. He can take it. He has to take it. Right. <laughs> and there we go. Playing up the 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 triangle again. Yep. I appreciate this. <laughs> and, and that's a common trend that we're going to see. Yeah. Is them constantly referring back to the triangle in every episode almost, I feel. Yeah. But it's good so, because the team has specialists. Yeah, and I mean, you which, want to have specialists. You don't want yeah. to have everyone doing everything. Yeah. Like, it makes sense that Ron might be able to do something better than the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd probably give this uh, an 8 out of 10, just, you know, for setting the theme with the training. I really like this episode, honestly. Yeah. What about you guys? I'm a seven. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Patrick, I have to deviate from you this time. <laughs> it had to happen we've been, eventually. We've been given the same scores all throughout, but this is the first time I have to say, sorry, Patrick. <laughs> 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 all right, next up, uh, fourth lesson, uh, Zoa Zoa, the five Venom Fists. Uh, Believe it or not, this episode and uh, the next episode were both combined into one episode for uh, Jungle Fury, which kind of combines, well, it's kind of weird, like, in the Jungle Fury episode, the first half revolved around them fighting Jared as Daishi, and then the next episode jumps right into the next, where they fight against the uh, centipede monster. But here, it's more fleshed out, where we meet the Geki Rangers' um, next set of enemies. Uh, these are five monsters called the Five Venom Fists, uh, including uh, a Centipede, Fist User, Kademu, Gecko, Fist, Moria, uh, Scorpion Fist, Sorisa, uh, Toad Fist, Maga, and Snake Fist, uh, Bracco. Um, Rio summons these five Venom Fists, and uh, after they battle with the Geki Rangers a little bit, he takes matters into his own hands and uh, battles against the Geki Rangers himself. Uh, he transforms for the first time into his Black Lion suit, which uh, I love that suit. I, I love uh, Rio's uh, transform form. Uh, you know, uh, what, what do you guys think of this? And by the way, what do you think of Melee's transformed for? Too. I know that they try to imply it's a monster form, but they made that into a ranger key, so I think we kind of have to consider it a ranger. Uh, I like I like Rio's. It's intimidating. Melee's, I think, is too bulky. Yeah. I can agree with that. Uh, Riz? Yeah, I didn't like Melee's monster form or ranger form or whatever form she has. Well, um, it was made into a... It was a ranger key, so we have to consider it a ranger. Yeah, I, I have questions on that, but we'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> um, I, I love the Black Lion suit, though. Hands down, one of the best suits in the season, in my opinion. Um, and another parallel to uh, the Jedi versus Sith thing, since you could say that this guy's like Darth Vader. Exactly. Exactly what I was going to go with here. Um, my thoughts on this episode, though, I liked where we were going with this. Um, very solid intro to the five uh poison uh bosses. Yep, and very 
solid, hey, here's Rio being Rio and doing his Rio stuff. Like, I like Rio a lot more than I like Jared right now. You know, normally it's a cliche for, like, um, the main villain to uh, spare. Because in this episode, uh, Rio, like, easily walks through the Geki Rangers. Like, there's no challenge. But then he feels, like, intrigued by, like, John's spirit, and he decides that he wants to let the Geki Rangers become stronger. It makes sense with Rio, though, because Rio says specifically in this episode that his goal is to become the one true master of Jukin. And in order to be to achieve like the maximum strength, he wouldn't want to defeat enemies when they're at their weakest. He would want the enemies to become the strongest they possibly can so that they can defeat so he can defeat them then. Because only then he could call himself truly the strongest. So I think it makes a lot of sense for him to not kill the Geki Rangers right here because he doesn't feel like they're strong enough yet, if you know what I'm going with this. Yeah, it's an honor thing here. It, it's yeah. calling a code of honor, and I like that. Yeah, it, it's a cliche, but they're actually using the cliche in a pretty clever way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to add anything, Patrick? I can already tell I'm going to like him because I'm always a fan of Sentai empowering villains who get their hands dirty. And we, we just came off of a season where the villains did that at nauseum to the point where I completely forgot the Virum had foot soldiers. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, true. <laughs> um, but Rio, his first appearance, he just shows up and he he's actually scary. <laughs> Honestly. Um, he made the sky turn dark for love of Pete. Um, but yeah, he's. I think I'm gonna like this guy. Yeah, Ryu is a really strong, well-written character. And mm-hmm. honestly, the way to write in melee, 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 just say melee. melee. Okay, I think melee is written really well as well. Um. They do a really good job of capturing her devotion to Ryu and her love for him and her compassion for him. Camille and Junglefur was a great character, don't get me wrong. But I think I think Melee was done better for the simple fact that while Camille seemed to have like a thing for Dicey, it wasn't as profound or as well established quickly as it is here mm-hmm. like almost immediately you know homegirl has a thing for homeboy but in jungle fury it's kind of <laughs> like it was like a game, right? is her sucking up to rio like her roll call is for rio sama's love i live for rio sama's love exactly. i fight as his yeah. love <laughs> exactly I, I, think that's a really, I think that's a good way to like Define her character's role and yeah, to but, let us know what to expect. But at the same time, I'm glad they didn't make that solely her personality because when oh, yeah. she's not around him, she's kind of smug and sarcastic. Yeah, and I I like that about her. And I mean, I don't know, or I don't remember na- uh, Flip's Sentai name. But um, I definitely like the interactions between her and him. Yeah, the fly guy. Yeah, I don't know the fly guy's name in Sentai. I forget. Yeah, Camille 
kind of just told him to shut up. But Melee, like, she gives him a snark. No, they have banter. <laughs> they go back and forth. I yeah, they have it. banter. Yeah. Like, I think Rio is better than Jared just simply because with Rio, he's doing everything out of his own free will. With Jared, like, 90% of the time, you really feel like it's just Daishi in the driver's seat. So Yeah, but yeah, I, I think that's kind of where the whole Jared Daishi thing is, is. I've always been a fan of it because it felt like a... Uh, uh, how do I word this? Dr. Uh, Mr. Hyde? E, e, an accidental one. Well, Dr. J Mr. Hyde was an accident anyway but yeah um yeah we're not shown as much of an internal mental struggle between jared and daishi though. yeah and that, that's kind of that's kind of where the problem with it was but i did like how it was clear that jared was a victim in this whole thing and that, yeah 100 but having rio actually being a dedicated evil uh he's basically I mean, one of my favorite things in Sentai is um, evil teams. And this man's an evil Geki Ranger. Yep. So, I, I, I'm a fan of this. I, I, I just uh, find the whole like, Rio giving uh, with this episode, it gives great insight to Rio. I'd actually give this one a 9 out of 10. It's very yeah. entertaining. Yeah, I'm Same gonna here. give it a nine. Wow, we can all agree. Dun dun dun. Alright, fifth left sin, uh Uja Uja, what should I do? Um this uh revolve the next couple of episodes revolve around the uh, Geki Rangers battling uh the individual uh Venom Fists. In this case they battle against the Centipede Fist Kademu. It's kind of a land centric episode, sort of. Um it it's basically all about uh, Mas uh, John training with Ron to uh, learn more from her to combat anxiety. Um, it should be noted that in this episode, we do learn about Rio's um, motivation for reviving the uh, five Venom Fist. He's looking for something called the Madoku. Now, we don't know what the Madoku is, although we will find out what it is at the end of this podcast. Um, he, uh, one of the Five Venom Fist wields the Madoku, but uh, he's not sure which one. I, I thought this episode was okay, but it has flaws. Um, I I don't like how it. I feel like this episode wants to be both a John and Ron episode, and that kind of hurts it because like it's all about John trying to deal with his anxiety, but then we also see, like, but there's also heavy emphasis on Ron. I mean, Ron destroys the monster by herself, which is cool, by the way. I like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, this episode I, was a Ron episode that they forced some character moments for John. You know, I, I, I didn't like that. It bothered me a little bit. It, this is something that I've been kind of feeling in the background for the last couple episodes as well. This is the way it's written up until now. It feels like Don Sentai Don Ranger with my friends Ron and Retsu. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of 
I've never been a fan of red centric uh, Sentai's, like where the other members of the team don't contribute anything or aren't given their chance to do their own thing without the red having to have his own thing intermixed with it. Yeah. Like, you know, Marvelous was a strong personality in Gokaiser. He was a fan favorite. But there were definitely a lot of episodes where I, him, Luca, and the others could all have their moment in the sun as well, you know? Yeah. But but here, it, it grates on my nerves a little bit that John, first of all, is a very irritating character. I don't like him at all. And then he's forced into every scene with that childlike curiosity of, ooh, tell me more about this. Or, ooh, I want to do this. Or, why can't I do that? Or just him having a childish tantrum. Like, it, it just... The entire idea bugs me a lot. Yeah. I've seen three Sentai that I would say are very heavily Red-centric. Car Ranger was kind of like that, but it was so stupid that I didn't care. Um, uh, Die Ranger and uh, Q... uh, Koryuji. Koryuji, yeah. It it was... I was slipping over it. Uh, With uh, Ryu Ranger and uh you red were just insufferably centered like center focus that they, that that was that was it that's all, all that mattered and i didn't like either of those seasons for that reason you're talking I'm, about king right yeah king yeah yeah king was extremely red centric and, and he he made the same issues <laughs> that i have here yeah and die ranger is no different with real ranger he is literally every main villain he's defeated by him and it's I don't like when seasons do this, and I'm hoping that Geki Ranger doesn't stick to this. Yeah, it, it just sucks that. Then I I think you'll be okay with how they defeat the main villain ultimately. Then that's good. Yeah, I do have one question, Nate. You can don't tell me how, but just just answer this question: yes or no. Do they ever explain why he was in the forest in the first place? Uh, John? Yes. Yeah, they do. They do. They do? Okay, they good. Do. Yeah, I was about to say, if they just started off with him being a jungle boy and didn't explain it at all, that would have driven me crazy. Of course, <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think I think my headcanon here is that he's Tarzan and Tarzan's parents got in a plane crash and he ended up in the jungle. I know. There's a deeper story with one of his parents. I swear to God, if he's related to Rio, I'm going to scream. (laughs) I can't. I'm not going to accept a I am your father in the Star Wars uh, (laughs) light and dark side thing here. Just just make it extremely on the nose. (laughs) Yeah. Let's even have a scene where he says, I am your father. I, I don't want to say anything without giving spoilers. <laughs> okay. Um, I give this maybe a 6 out of 10. I don't like how John gets jammed yeah, into it. It's a 5. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go to 4. 
He bugged me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we get a Retsu-centric episode um, called Juwan. What's that? Where they battle against the uh, Gecko Fist user, uh, Moria. Um, it's a pretty simple episode. We're getting more of a uh, Retsu's backstory. Uh, we find out in this episode that he had a bright future in art as a painter before he decided to uh, take up Juken. He wanted to avenge his brother. And we're actually showing him uh, meeting his brother uh, in a flashback, though we don't see his brother's face, uh, which is foreshadowing, by the way, but I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I don't want us to get ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah. Riz, ironically enough, Riz uh, made a prediction before we started this podcast. Uh, I didn't make a comment, though, because I don't... Yeah. I'll make the prediction here for you, if uh, Patrick's cool with it. No, I already know what this prediction is because my oh, brother did I mention it in, huh? in uh, the general chat? I forgot where I put that. No, my brother is seeing this season. <laughs> the what? My brother is seeing this season so he told me years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I know oh, what it is. What was your prediction? Is? My prediction that I can't substantiate because I don't know if it's true or not but obviously the brother will return at some point in the season Yep. And if the brother returns at some point in the season, he's probably going to be a Sentai Ranger. And if he's a Sentai Ranger, based on your comments on the fact that y'all don't like Geki Chopper, I'm going to assume he's the uh, purple one. Because <laughs> we like this character. And I say we like him because he seems like a very interesting character compared to what we probably are going to have to suffer through with Geki Chopper. <laughs> Maybe you guys will like Geki Chopper, because some people like Geki Chopper. I don't, but I'd like to see what you guys think later on. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to comment on that, because I don't want to spoil it for Riz. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. um, pretty much this whole episode is Retsu trying to find a way to defeat Moria, because Moria has a special technique that allows him to stick to walls, and uh, the, you know, the no-brainer would be just knock them on the ground so they can defeat him, but Retsu is, uh, more like, uh, no, I want to defeat him with his own technique, which I really like. I really like this episode. Um, you know, um, I told Anthony this back a while back, like, I hate the Jungle Okay, I, I don't want to make too many comparisons to Jungle Fury, but I hate the Jungle Fury episode that was that was adapted from this episode, like, ignoring how whiny Theo is in that episode. In that episode, Theo's lesson on why he got defeated by the monster was that he didn't have enough confidence in himself. Okay, earlier episodes, you're putting Casey and Lily down. Even at the beginning of this episode, you're bragging about how better you are as a fighter than Lily and Casey. And you're meaning to tell me that your problem is that you didn't have enough self-confidence? No. You were overconfident. <laughs> that, that always bugged me. I hate that Jungle Fury episode. Um, I love the lesson. I just think that Theo was the wrong character to teach with that. That's like, that's like my number one worst episode from a good season of Power Rangers. I just I hate that episode. Just, but I think that this one was good. I think, uh, you know, Retsu, uh, you know, wanting to like, you know, defeat Moria's technique 
by using the technique feels like, you know, to kind of go off of what Riz said about Rio was more of an honor thing. Uh, but what do you guys think about this episode? I like this episode a lot. And mm-hmm. here's why. We actually get to figure out who Retsu is. And so up until this point, the only thing I could really say about Retsu is that he's a bit of an arrogant prick. And he's just, you know, suffering through having this jungle boy around as they're, you know, red. And we didn't know him. Like, we didn't know anything about him. But here we learn he's an artist. He's a really well-sought-after artist that people want to pay him lots of money to buy his art and then do whatever they want with, like, sell it again or whatever. And the entire brother backstory thing for why he joined the team is actually pretty cool as well. And this is the stuff that this episode should have happened earlier than it did. Like maybe not with maybe not with a battle against the uh, monster of the week here, but this information could have been kind of alluded to earlier to at least establish the character better. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's a solid episode to explain Retsu. Nine out of ten for me, but... Um, you said nine out of ten? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably go with that. Yeah, I because, would go with that too. Because it it gives a great expose into who Retsu is, but it came a bit later than I wanted. Yeah, they've they've dollied too long on getting us fully acclimated with uh, Retsu and Ron, honestly. Yeah. But And they spent too much time letting me get to know Don's terrible dictionary <laughs> of words. But th- this episode also, um again, they have the one who embodies technique fight on the side of a skyscraper. Thank you. Um this yeah. uh the the choreography and the camera work in this season has been great like compared to other sentai of this era because i've seen the two sentai that follow this uh goanger and shinkenger and i think this season is outdoing them in terms of uh camera work and everything yeah i can agree with that So, um, yeah, as I said, I, I gave this one a nine also. Did you, did you want to add anything, Riz? I said my piece. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, then we can move on to the uh, next one. We actually have a two-part, kind of a two-parter, I think, um, uh, where uh, it revolves around them uh, battling against... Uh, Maga and Sorisa, um, the Toad and Scorpion Fist users. Um, so, in the first episode, we are introduced to Mickey's daughter, Natsume, who is, um, who is uh, you know, she attends dance classes and the Geki Rangers um, after getting defeated by Sorisa, who uses like a dancing um, technique to fight. 
she, um, they actually learned how to dance in order to uh, train better. But then, unfortunately, uh, even though they were able to defeat Sorisa, Maga is able to fight. And, uh, you know, he has his ultimate defense where he has, like, this slime-like shield. So, Sorisa and Maga are, like, this invincible... Um, are like this invincible duo, so they have to use their new weapon, the Geki Bazooka, to defeat them, and the second part revolves around, uh, actually they both go through training here, and I think it's focused on equally between them. Uh, Ron and Retsu have to learn how to better manipulate their Geki to charge the Geki Bazooka, while John, who has to, uh, protect them while they charge has to learn the importance of patience and they do it both really great they uh um mickey and master shafu teach uh retsu and ron uh how to um better manipulate their geki through piano playing and uh with with john he's taught about the you know importance of patience by natsumi teaching him how to cook which that's that's so clever. Like this might be one of the be- one of the best episodes I've seen where they implement like the menial task training. To be honest, what do you yeah, guys think? Th- this this two parter did a really good job of showing. I think one of the strengths of this season, and that's uh kind of like the the way they teach the Rangers because it's everything seems simple, but they very smartly integrated into their uh, combat. Like, it's not... It's, none of this has been lazy. And I... I appreciate how they approach a lot of this stuff. But can we just talk about how this two-parter started with them training and they got called in to deal with a monster and when they got to the monster, they walked into the filming of uh, the Thriller music video? <laughs> yeah, that's insane. That's... That's clearly what they were referencing. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool it happens, though. Yeah. It got, got a good chuckle out of me. And I, this, episode, this episode does make me angry that he doesn't suit up at any point in the season because I do like when she fights. Melee? No. Uh, Miki. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Because it's clear she has experience. She has an animal spirit attached to her. Why don't they give her a suit? <laughs> yeah, like I literally like, said at the beginning that she wields the leopard fist. Yeah, so. yeah like, it's like deck a, deck a swan her or something. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, they actually combined these two episodes into one into Jungle Fury and... Uh, I don't hate the Jungle Fury episode, but it's just a stock episode where, like, Casey and uh, Theo need to learn to have a better relationship. I think this one is just better just because it has, like, the training aspect to it a bit more. Yeah. Uh, Riz, you've been a... No, go ahead, Patrick. And watching their master flop around the room while they're playing the the piano wrongs. Hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. Riz? Yeah, so I liked this episode, uh, two-parter. I thought the lessons that they learned with dancing and with the cooking was really helpful. 
Though I will say, I hate how Don takes the lesson and uses the phrase in later episodes. Oh, oh yeah. The, we, the, we have to say that, the, guys. Uh, every time they shoot the Geki bazooka, uh, John has to say, Fuck you, Stu! Like, it bugs the crap out of me. Honestly, to be fair, in the next episode, Retsu and Ron both say, John, could you stop that, please? Yeah. So, like, at least like, the show was aware of how annoying it is. I mean, I, I actually find it hilarious. Because, I, I'm maybe it's just because I'm a fan of uh, tension break stuff. So having a serious moment where we're about to kill him and he just screams out the name of a food, <laughs> of a meal, I, I, I get a laugh out of it. It just, it undermines the red, and... Uh, okay, okay. So first of all... No, you have a point, and I'm gonna jump off of that when we get to the character discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm gonna make it brief, because I want to give a bigger rant at the end. Um, <clears throat> we're undermining our red, but we're also putting a lot of emphasis on our red. <clears throat> and the end result... It's terrible. Because he's not a red that you can trust. Like, honestly, do I really want to say it? Yeah, I think I want to say it. Uh, Takahata from Ninninzer was a better leader than Zon at this point. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that's saying something. Like that's like saying that a red that Mac is better than a Red Ranger from it, Power it is. Because okay, Takaharu was an idiot. He was annoying. He had no good qualities, but <laughs> at least he tried to fight the enemy and do something, and try you know come to a solution that worked. Don just. Patrick, you're going to understand this, I think. I don't know if you know a lot of psychology, Nate, but Don follows the id very, very closely. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know what the id is, the id is the part of you that you develop when you're, like, two years old. Like, it's all about you, me, 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 me. And that is Don's character... As far as I can tell. Well, to be fair, I, I'll, I'll say this right here. They've never a fit. Now, I get why you're saying this, because in Jungle Fury, they always try to say that uh, Casey is the leader from the first episode. But believe it or not, um, okay, this is going to be kind of a spoiler, but... Then I don't mean, you, say it. What? Then don't say it. Okay, just... <laughs> okay, I'm just going to say this right here. They 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 have never specifically stated who the leader is here. Oh no, I know, so, I know. So, unlike Casey, who is officially stated to be the leader, we can't technically say that John is the leader here. No, he's not the leader, and I know that for a fact. But he still needs to learn to be a team player. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I I get that. I just wanted and, to get like, clarity on that. At least when Casey tried to like. You know, the first time when they failed to use the cannon, at least Casey's reason of let me try and do something and it failed 
was more respectable than Don just being like, he made me mad. I'm going to show him who's boss because I can't allow him to be sewing me up like that because boo-hoo, I'm John and I want to feel important. Yeah, you're right. Like, this is one time where I'm going to have to say that Jungle Fury did it better than Geki. Oh, oh 100%. Like, K- Casey handled that a lot better and his rem- he actually had remorse. Don never shows remorse for what he did. Well, it's all down to mentality. Exactly. Casey's an adult. John is a kid. And it it makes Casey a lot more... Well, how do I put this? It makes him easier to develop as a character. Yeah. When he understands his own faults. Well, it it just leads to better character writing because... Yeah, that too. You have you have this guy who starts off as like an apprentice. He has no right to be a jungle fury red or any jungle fury color, period. And he's given the responsibility of being a leader on a team and he's trying to learn to be a leader. So he's in a predicament where he's set up to fail from the beginning. So the mm-hmm. fact that he did fail the first time they tried to bazooka, I'm not surprised by that. I think that shows a lot more growth for him than anything else. Yeah. But with Don, he had a chance to sow remorse. But he threw another tantrum. And it bugged me that he and, was throwing tantrums about this. And honestly, you bring that up about the whole thing of Casey being the least experienced of the three. That's the case here, but I really don't feel it in Gekki Ranger so far. They say no, because that they paint, because they gave him. Okay, so I was thinking about something on my drive home today, and how when the Mighty Morphin Rangers got their powers, they innately knew how to pilot the Megazord, how to fight, how to get the powers, mm-hmm. like. They're doing this here with Zahn, but it doesn't work here because here your power derives from your martial arts skills that you're learning from the school. Mm -hmm. But with the Mighty Morphin team, there's no martial arts to fall back on to except for what you learn in your extracurricular activities as a high school student. Mm -hmm. So it's okay for us to say, oh yeah, here's a morpher. The first time you morph, you're going to be injected with all this knowledge and skills that you didn't have before. That'll make you innately able to pilot a big dinosaur mech. But Don doesn't get that luxury here, and he shouldn't be getting that luxury here. No. And they could have even given that excuse to Casey, because they kind of established just how the morphing grid works but they didn't they actually let him they actually showcased him being a weaker fighter than the other two and had him develop into an equal but here it feels like he's on their level already even though they keep saying he's not yeah yeah like nothing this fighting style indicates that he's a bad fighter or like yeah exactly 
So you're expecting like, me to believe that, oh, well, he's just a rookie. He doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, well, he seems to be doing more work than you two. <laughs> well, okay, the thing is, like, Eve, I, I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly, so correct me if I'm wrong here. But even the first time they all Henson together, he does the form correctly. He does the Henson correctly. He does the pose correctly. He says the right name correctly. Mm-hmm. There's no messing it up. There's no uncertainty. There's no wavering in what he's doing. He just, he's doing it. And mm-hmm. so, again, we're undermining the red. Yeah. And I know he's not the leader. I get it. But you're still undermining a ranger at the end of the day. And that's not good. Just like how I said in Jetman. We can't undermine the villain. We can't undermine the ranger either. Yeah. So, because if you undermine your rangers, then there's no point in watching because they're not poised to win. And if they do win... I have to call Deus Ex Machina on them. I think I gave most of my rant here. <laughs> yeah, you did. Crap. <laughs> but you can get more detail later on. Um, but I'd give this two-parter maybe... Uh, I I want to give it um, probably a uh, an 8 out of 10 just because I think the big thing that makes me give it an 8 over a 7 is that it does revolve around John's training, but I think it gives an equal amount of focus to Retsu and Rain with the piano training. So that's why I want to give it a slightly higher rating because I don't think John completely steals the show in this episode. Yeah, he doesn't. I I have to disagree. I think he stole the show more than he should have here. Um, but there's just as much time dedicated to Retsu and Ron's training as his. Yes, but there's also a lot of him being a child and throwing tantrums after the fact. I can see how that's annoying. Okay, fair mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, and I'd so, give him like a six or a seven, maybe. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Because a six is what I would give because of the Ron and Retsy development. Yeah. The rest of it would come from John's training, honestly. Uh, the, the one important thing I want to say at the... Uh, do, anything else you want to say about this two-parter? No. No. Uh, the, the only thing I want to say um, is that at the end of this episode, you know, this is for the plot, guys, um, is that with Soisa and Maga defeated, um, there's only one Venom Fist left, Brocco. So uh, they assume that uh, he is the wielder of the Madoku. And that leads us directly into the next lesson, ninth lesson, the Kina Kina woman. Um, this is pretty much the final battle um, of the uh, with the Venom Fists, although it's not between Brocco and the Geki Rangers, though. It is between Brocco and Melee. That <laughs> that's pretty interesting. Uh, so in this episode, um, Melee battles with Brocco because Brocco reveals that he wants to overthrow Ryu 
Rio and take over the uh, Rinjukin uh, uh, hall for himself. Uh, it is revealed here that Brocko does will the Madoku, which uh, it gives him these uh, six snake fingers that act as a reverse poison. Um, they can basically revive people. Um, he has six, but he uses three in this episode. Uh, Melee kills him, and then he uses one of the fingers to revive himself. Um, he uses two more to revive Kadimu and uh, Moria, both of whom get immediately killed um, in this episode as well. And uh, Melee steals the final three because it's revealed that... Um, the bracelets that we that Rio obtained in the pre in the first episode contain the souls of the fist demons who are okay. They they're basically like Master Shafu, except they're evil. Um, and Rio wants to revive them, so he has the bracelets that hold their souls, and now he wants the Madoku so he can revive them, and he gets the. Uh, three snake fingers in order to revive them. Uh, we are shown a flashback for Melee's past at the beginning of this episode, where it's revealed that she was a lowly Rinju beast, and then she got revived by Ryo because Ryo sensed her desire to become stronger, and ever since then, she's been so loyal and loving of, Mele of uh, Ryo. Uh, I love this episode. Um, I love episodes where that revolve predominantly around the villain and don't necessarily give much to the uh, Geki to the main heroes. I think a Sentai needs to have an episode like that every once in a while, and and they they do a good job of giving the Geki Rangers something to do. Like the the Geki Rangers plot is that they're trying to figure out how to use the Geki Bazooka more efficiently. Which you know, I mean, that's fine. You can just give them something to do on the side. Uh, I think this gives a great insight to Melee's character. I really love this episode. Uh, what about you guys? So, I'm going to start off by doing a quick Jungle Fury discussion here. I think Geki Ranger actually handled the bazooka better than Jungle Fury did. Yeah, 100%. Because there is a timing thing that they mentioned. Like, why did it take them so long in the first use of the bazooka but then in the later ones it was almost instantaneous like they they must have had some training or something that happened in the background to help them do that so kind of having it mentioned in Geki range are like oh yeah we're working on getting better that goes a long way like if they just had a throwaway line and single figure saying that that'd been better but they didn't so I'm going points to Geki Ranger for covering that here. Um, as far as the melee stuff, dude, I love melee's character a lot. Um, yeah. She's probably, honestly, she's probably my top of my list for the characters in the season right now. I, I think it's better handled in Jungle Fury in general because, like, with Camille, I don't think Camille's a bad character, but like. The motivation in the uh, Power Rangers equivalent for this episode is more that she thinks that Daishi is going to give her something ultimately in return. Like, if yeah. he conquers the world, maybe I'll have some of the world that I can rule over myself. While it's much deeper with Melee. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think Melee 
is a much more deeply written character than Camille at this point. But I think Camille's motivation was stronger in that episode. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think the villains are leaving a better impression on me so far than the Geki Rangers themselves are. Yeah, I was. that's what I've been kind of hinting. Yeah. Which like, kind of makes me... Which is kind of funny because uh, I I don't like Ghostsager, and I don't think Ghostsager does a good job of developing his characters. The funny thing is, is that one thing we're never going to... I don't think we would ever review Gekin Ranger uh, Ghostsager until a really long time later. But I really do think that the main villain of that Sentai, um, Brajura, he was adapted into Rock and Megaforce. Um, I feel like if they gave him more development, he could have actually been the thing that steals the show. So I get the feeling that a Michiko Yokote probably prefers to give the villains more of a spiciness to it than the actual characters, which I mean, if that's their right, if that's her writing style, fine, but I don't know. I think that's just a pattern I'm starting to notice. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's definitely becoming a pattern. I I I thought that this was a fantastic episode with the villain part. I'd probably give this a nine out of ten, actually. Yeah, same I just, here. I think melee is great. Oh yeah, definitely. Because the big thing that did it for me is that, like, the is how Naja. No, no, no. Not just the name of the guy from uh, Jungle Fury, sorry. It's how Blacko um, tries to learn melee to his cause by saying, hey, I mean, you know, you're not really alive, you know, but if you, I can give you the Madoku and you could be given true life as like a human or something like that, she actually considers it because that would be something that she would want. But ultimately, she chooses her loyalty over to Rio over that, which is both tragic, but it also, it's also kind of beautiful, to be honest. Um, and I don't know if you guys caught this too, but when she handed those, those things over to Rio, Rio gave her like a, a look. Like, I almost feel like that he, he shares the same sentiment towards her, but he doesn't want to show it. Yeah. I hope that goes somewhere. <laughs> you know. It will, believe me. Oh, thank goodness. I'm not spoiling, but it will. Well, you're giving me something to look forward to, then. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, next up, we get a two-part... Uh, anything else you guys want to say before we move on to the last batch? No. Nah. Alright, uh, we're finishing up with a two-parter here. A uh, 10th and 11th lesson. Uh, Jara Jara attack the first errand. And Ukya Ukya beast fist armament uh so in this two-parter the geki rangers are battling against a pang pangolin monster that they can't defeat because of his armor and he's trying to uh burrow himself under the ground so that he can um so that he can uh start an earthquake and the geki rangers travel to the mountains to meet monster shafu's friend elephant who is a fist sage just like uh Master Shafu, except he's an elephant while Master Shafu is a cat. Um, and Ron goes through training with Elephant to learn how to use his weapon, the Geki Hammer, which is like this ball and chain mace. 
Um, at the end of this episode, so we get the debut of a new weapon, the Geki Hammer, and it also has a Geki Beast counterpart, the Geki Elephant, which Ron is able to summon with her uh, new Geki with her new Elephant Fist. And a Geki Elephant can actually combine with Geki Toja to form Geki Elephant Toja, uh, giving it a similar weapon to the Geki Hammer. Um, an important development in the plot besides the Geki uh, elephant appearing is that, at, is that on the side, we have a plot of Ryo trying to revive the first uh, fist demon, and he does at the very end. Uh, we are introduced to, uh, we, um, he, at the very end of this episode, he is able to use the first of the three remaining Madoku fingers to revive Pata who is the Sky Fist Demon, and he wields the Hawk Fist. Um, uh, but he doesn't do much in this. This is just an introduction to him. Uh, okay, we got to talk about the Elephant Guy. Uh, this guy is... Uh, <laughs> this guy is Master Roshi on steroids. Yeah, I don't like this. And that's a good kind of steroids. Yeah, I don't, I don't like this character trope that Japan gives old male characters of them being perverts it, it's it's exhausting <laughs> it's worse because he's an elephant he's like rubbing his trunk and no i don't mean that in a dirty way like his elephant trunk although that sounds so dirty just me saying that he's rubbing <laughs> it all over rock <laughs> yeah i don't like that yeah he got he got a little bit too close yeah it was satisfying when he was trying to go after Miki, too, and then Miki was like, no, get out of here, and she punches him. Yeah, like, no. Honestly, I liked him up until they met him at the house. Because yeah, when, he, in that, when he actually got he serious. Them. Yeah. But what were you going to say, Riz? I was going to say, I liked him before we met him at the house when they revealed he's an elephant. Because he was a pretty good fighter, he was giving him a good challenge, and he seemed to be trying to help them train while having fun. But he touched Rand's butt while they were fighting. Yeah, that was kind of awkward. Yeah. And like, I, I just... Like, I feel so sorry I, for Ron this entire episode. Yeah, I, I think this character just needs to go away. <laughs> like... Honestly, the Jungle Fury guy is so much better for this. Uh, Master Fant. Yeah. Because Master Fant treats Lily like a granddaughter. They have a family kind of relationship. They train together. They work out their problems together. And it's just a better dynamic. And that's what I was hoping we were going to get with these Masters. is like, like a second Master to what we got with the cat. But no, the cat's done a good mentor, and that's kind of sad. I mean, okay, I'll say this. I'm okay, like, okay, we're going to see other Fist Sages here. I'm okay with the Fist Sages all having, like, some different personalities. Like, not all of them have to be, like, you know, these wise and, like, stoic people. Like, yeah. I, I don't like how the Paishwa Masters are all kind of interchangeable, mostly. Like, I think Master Swoop is pretty unique. And Master Finn, I mean, he has his relationship with RJ. But I think their personalities are all interchangeable. So I don't mind the Fist Sages having different personalities. And I, I do prefer them over the Paishwa Masters as a whole. But in the Elephant's case, I'll make a really huge exception. Because I, 
I completely prefer Master Fans over this elephant dude. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Other than that, this is just a pretty typical training episode where, uh, yeah. you know, that elephant guy is trying to teach Ron how to uh, just loosen up and, you know, laugh a little bit. Um, Honestly, my only other comment I would make here, why make this the two-parter? Like, this could have been one episode. It was in Jungle Fury. <laughs> I think it worked better as the one episode. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, they did. I they did linger on stuff in this one, didn't they? They lingered a long time in a fight with uh, with Elephant or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Ella, whatever he. They had to fight with him go for a lot longer than I was kind of hoping, and then there was a lot of extra crap where he's trying to train Ron, but uh, Retsu and uh, Zahn are around doing their own thing, and that kind of derailed quite a bit more than instead of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, honestly, the better story would have been to just send um, Ron on her own to handle this, but I also get that that's a bad idea given he's a pervert. <laughs> oh. I don't want to know what he would have done if Ron was only by herself. Yeah. I don't want to think about that. Mm-mm. I'd probably give this a 6 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that uh, wraps up the uh, episode portion. Uh, just to, um, I, I want to ask you guys both, uh, since, you've, uh, since neither one of you have seen this in that before, like, what are your early thoughts on this? Like, what do you guys think? As a whole, and you guys can basically have the floor because you know, mm. same way that Riz and Anthony had the floor mostly with Jetman. Yeah, go ahead, Patrick. Uh, um, I don't know. I was, I kind of went into this hoping for it to be on par with Jungle Fury because I, I, I just. Because I've heard a lot of people say, well, if you like one, then you let, you'll like the other. So, but up to this point, I feel kind of let down. Because there really isn't a story, at least not yet. And the core three are either irritating or underutilized. And outside of Rio and Melee, there's nothing really interesting going on here yet. So I'm kind of just blah to it so far. It's it's very good in the combat though, but that's that's not why we watch this show. <laughs> I mean it it's what got us into it, but in the long run that's not why we step we stuck around. So yeah, I had a feeling that this is probably what uh, you guys would think that because uh, I do think that Jungle Fury has the better characters. I oh, just no. think that like up to this point, that's there's not even a question about that. Well, okay, the better main rangers because I think okay, I think I would say that like the the main three rangers are better hands down. 
Rio and Melee are better than Jared and Camille, though. Yes. Yeah. And I would say, okay, as much as, you know, we, you know we're going to have, like, we're obviously going to have um, bias toward RJ because, you know, we watched RJ first. But I think RJ mm-hmm. and Master Shafu are on equal ground as mentors. Yes. Uh, I think Miki, okay, technically, I guess Miki and Fran fill each other's roles, but I think Miki is the much better character. Yeah. 50-50 on that. I think it's situation to situation. Well, I like Miki, though, because she has, like, more of a motherly role to John. And and, and she can fight, but... Yeah. Fran, Fran was a goofball. <laughs> I think... Fine. No, I, I think Fran did it better than Miki. I, I don't think Miki is better than Fran. Um... At least not yet. Obviously, yeah. we still have another, what, 30 episodes to go or something like yeah. that. But initial thoughts, Fran did it better than her. Um, <laughs> simply because Fran had a lot of character growth early on. Like, when you first meet Fran, she literally identifies herself as, Hi. I like pizza. I like coming here every day and ordering a pizza. And I like sitting here and hanging out for the entire day. I'm not weird or anything. Don't judge me. And the next thing we know, (laughs) when they come back from fighting, she's like, where were you guys? I ran around the store taking orders, making pizzas and everything. And like, everyone needs a friend in their life. (laughs) <laughs> Fran is just that character you need in your life. Like <laughs> M- Miki, I can do without. Fran, no, I need a friend in my life. Okay. <laughs> is, it, is it even fair to say that Miki and Fran are the same character? Because like you're the one making the comparison, so you tell me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But I think Fr- Miki is also kind of a secondary mentor to some degree, though. Because no, I, I I saw Miki as a mentor. And I don't see Fran as a mentor. Fran is... Fran Fran doesn't even know that they're Power Rangers at this point in Jungle Fury. No, so I mean, like, at this point, Fran is running around doing her thing, and she's adorable, and she's doing the best she can (laughs) while dealing with a great deal of social anxiety, and dear God, I want to know what hurt her... Early on in life, because poor baby, I, I just want to hug her, dude. <laughs> She's like Dom now, buddy. She's good. Dom isn't that great either, but whatever. Um, yeah, that's true. I say that, but Dom just didn't get much development in Single Fury, in my opinion. But Probably because he got introduced when there were only like what ten episodes left in the series. Yeah, I, I have. We'll we'll get into this with the Jungle Fury review a lot more detail, but I have a lot of opinions on why I, I've done some deep dives into it. Um, I'll, I'll save it for then, though. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Fran hands down best character. The entire cast of Geki on the Ranger side suck, excluding the master. Uh, Shapu. Yeah. Um, I agree that him and RJ are very similar, but 
I slightly gravitate towards RJ more, not because I saw him first, but because I can relate to him better because he's a human. Uh, yeah, of course. 100%. And I think I think his Mr. Miyagi-isms just make him more compelling. Because when you first meet RJ, he's this pizzeria guy, he's a hippie, he's kind of like a, he's a typical granola-loving, tree-hugging hippie that goes around and does the thing. There's one of the early episode where he goes to a fish contest to, to scare fish away so that they can't yes. get caught. Yes, that did happen. That. And, like, I don't know, they, they just he just did a better job of being the mentor and understanding the needs of the team. Like, okay. Yeah. I get that. We all love the way that he taught, uh, John to go clean the floors, but RJ taught Casey how to fight with four or five different things, like different activities. And so that made Casey a stronger fighter quicker. So then Casey could come out in the future and be confident on the battlefield. Yeah. So it explained that a lot better, I felt, than the one lesson a week kind of thing. I mean, I get it. They're students. They have to learn something every week. But like Patrick and I are saying, we undermined our Red Ranger here by making him seem like he needs more training, but then he's very confident in the battlefield. So, which is it? Mm -hmm. But with Casey, we know what we're getting, and that's because we know he's a novice, we know he has no idea what he's doing, but RJ is anticipating his needs a lot better a lot more early on to help him get caught up quicker. So that when the, when we do see the Sentai footage... We can say, oh, okay, well, he's fighting better now because RJ gave him the tools he needed back in episode three, four, whatever. And, and here with the, with the Sentai, they drag this guy's training out. Even now, they're dragging it out. I think another problem I have with John is that he's he's John. Well, it, he's the stereotypical modern red of he's high energy. He acts before he thinks, and he's just overly animated. And I've. I've never been a fan of this type of red. I prefer the reds that are more stoic. Or in the case of Takaru, uh, unique to his own. Where there's not really another red like him. Yeah, but Takaru can't be compared to the other reds that are of this time period. He's, he's, he's on his own level. And yeah. then you've got the reds that are more stoic, like... Uh, Ginga Red and uh, Red Hawk and stuff, who were... Even Marvelous is really stoic. Well, Marvelous is a, a bit of a combination of everything. He's stoic, but he's got that high energy to him also. 
but he's, he's a hot control, Yeah, but he's, he's a hot high energy. Yeah. But I mentioned this when we were talking about the Reds the last time that Marvel's was kind of a hodgepodge of all of the stereotypical Red traits. And yeah. Jean so far is just the the stereotypical hyper red. And I I don't like these kind of reds. At yeah, all. he's very and, he's very on par with Ninja Red at this point. Yeah, the, he's just too much too much personality for me. Yeah, I, I, and the fact uh, that this is setting itself up to be a heavily red centric season is not helping anything for me so far. No, it really isn't. Like, and which and which sucks is that this is only a three team, a three person team. It's not like they're being stretched thin to cover every character. There's only three of them, and like, <laughs> why are you focusing on just one so much? It should be noted that the other famous case of a hyperactive red that we discussed that got a lot of attention was King. Yes. And in and, and the case of King, his red-centricness deprived ten other people from getting any development. Mm-hmm. But here, he's destroying any character development with the other characters so far. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because we had so few to go between. Like if we had ten of them again, like with King, okay, fine. We we don't get to know all of them. I get it. But here we only have a limited number number of people. And it it says something when I like the villains and the mentors more than the actual core three. Yeah. Yeah, I had a feeling that that was probably going to be the <clears throat> thoughts that you guys had going into this. Yeah, yeah so, so Nate, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask the obvious question here. Yeah. When we started this series of four Sentai with Gokai, Senken, Zetman, and Geki, mm-hmm. these are all the Sentai that we each had a favor towards. Mm-hmm. And I know Anthony's gone off to bed because it's late but did y'all really like Geki Ranger that much? I mean, okay, I'll say this I probably, okay Geki Ranger for me is something that I like I mean but I like it for I don't know Geki Ranger is kind of a weird style over substance thing for me like what I was getting out of it, yeah. Because I really love the mythology and the story that surrounds Juken. We're going to get a lot of expansion to that, um, you know, over the next uh, couple of uh, videos. Um, I think, so I love the concept of Juken a little bit more because if there's one problem I have with Jungle Fury, it's that I think... <clears throat> Jungle Fury's whole story behind the Pai Shua and everything, and like where Dai Shi came from, is incredibly clunky and it has a lot of holes in it. I think Geki Ranger handled the story behind, you know, behind, um, uh, you know, the whole Jukin and everything a lot better. Like, I think the concept is simple, but it also has a lot of, you know, deep 
mythology around it. So that's what I liked about Geki Ranger. Would I have put this in my top five? No. And I would maybe I would put it in my top ten just for those selfish style over substance reasons, but not in my top five. So I mean, when we have Anthony on next time, we can open up the video by asking him that. I'm um, going to because I want to know. <laughs> I mean, I do kind of draw some inspiration. Like, the, like the big thing that hit me about this was Rio and Melee. I think Rio and Melee were the big oh. thing that had an impact on me from this Sentai. Like, I actually yeah. kind of Rio actually kind of inspired me with like writing the main villain of the current Power Rangers thing I'm posting on fan fiction right now. Um, so Rio and Melee really hit me. I would probably call them like, I don't know. I, I would probably put Rio, you know, the looking at it back now, I would probably put Rio as like one of my top, like five favorite Sentai villains, honestly. But, and, and that's where I'm kind of gravitating as well with my top vi villain list is that Rio is the, is the top contender. And I see that it's just. Mm -hmm. It's just hard for me at this point to say that Geki Ranger is anything sort of mediocre. Yeah, it's it's right on that average line for me through 11 episodes. And, you know, I probably expected that. Like, <clears throat> um, to be honest, like, ironically enough, like with Jungle Fury... I really hate making all these comparisons, but I okay. Lily is my favorite Yellow Ranger ever. Um, Casey is in my top five. Theo is in my mm -hmm. top five. Would I put yep. any of these Geki Rangers in my top? No, I honestly wouldn't. Um, no. may, I, maybe I could put Geki Violet. Um, well, okay, I don't know where I would fit Geki Violet in, mm -hmm. but uh, but I would probably. Uh, I would, but other than that, I, I wouldn't put any of these people on my top. So I completely agree with the idea that the Geki Ranger characters are just, you know, not the most interesting. Yeah, that and... Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but I don't think there's really a plot right now either. And it's... It just everything feels flat. And, and and I think you worded it best, style over substance, because I do think the 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 choreography with the actual fights and the the mecha fights are better than most seasons around this. But everything else is just blah at best. Okay, this is a new uh, thing that we're gonna have to confirm. Uh, we might have to spend like maybe the first ten minutes of the next podcast asking Anthony why he holds this so high. Because <laughs> I was, because to be honest, I was surprised that he ranked this as like one of his favorites. Like, like I'd be like, okay, Geki Ranger, really? Like, okay, it's not a bad Sentai. I like it. There's a lot that I got out of it, but it's not even in my top five. Honestly, like I mean, I. I've talked to some people who look at me that same way when I say Kaku Ranger is like number three or something for me. So I, I guess I understand that. <laughs> it's like when somebody tells me that Ninja Storm is their favorite Power Ranger season. Like, okay, Ooh. I don't 
I don't hate Ninja Storm. In fact, I, I might like Ninja Storm more than like some people here on this podcast, but would I call it my favorite Sentai? No. Like, yeah. not in a million years would I call that even my one of my top ten favorite Power Ranger seasons. I mean, Ninja Storm was good, but it's not top ten good. Yeah. Not and even close. That's, what, that's what I think with Geki Ranger. May, okay, maybe it's top ten for me just for selfish style over substance reasons, but if I... But, if I look at it from like a character standpoint, then no, it doesn't belong in my top ten, honestly. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And like, sorry, my internet cut off for a second, but <laughs> yeah, like Patrick said, the the plot falls very flat. Um, we we're not really the entire plot's being driven by Ryu and Melee, and that's fine, but. I, I kind of was hoping we'd have some plot developments on the other side as well, but they're just reacting to whatever's going on. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll have a lot more to discuss as we go on, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's just 11 episodes, so there's a I, lot. I do think... I do think that a lot of the problems that you've said so far with your early thoughts are problems that I have with the show as a whole. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> so, 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 unlike unlike Jetman, where you know I'm kind of going to be a little bit defensive of it. I, I, I mean, I know that this doesn't allow for much like of a like back and forth discussion, but I agree with like ninety percent of what you're saying. That's that's the sad thing about this. Yeah, and like the thing that the thing I want to mention here is I get style or substance for you, Nate, but I I think that's not even a reason to say that this is like anything beyond mediocre Sentai. Because we need substance at the end of the day. I know. I mean, so, I mean, I'm not usually suckered in by style over substance. This, yeah, this was just kind of a. I don't know. Like, I mean, you it and I were built- mythology. I'll give you that. Um, yeah, they're building I a great think- mythology. And and I will say this: like, uh, I was I was watching um like a barkeep he Onyx Tavern podcast. He doesn't really do that many videos anymore, but he actually did a video response to Linkara's review on uh. Jungle Fury, he actually says that Geki Ranger is his favorite Sentai, and that's because of the mythology and everything. And I think there's more detail. I don't think you can watch the video anymore because I think it got taken down. But I think it was like the mythology surrounding Jukin that was the big thing for him. And I'm sympathetic to that, but I mean, honestly, I kind of wish that we could talk to Barkeep because I, I would want to get his thoughts on the main three Geki Rangers versus the main three Jungle Fury Rangers. All right, let's go find him. <laughs> That'd be but, great. But I mean, Singha, especially, we're going to be judging a lot of these teams harshly because we've done a season that I think is going to be the standard for judging Sentai teams a couple of seasons ago in the Shinkenju cast. And well, go ahead. And these guys just—they're just not even close. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to not compare them to Sinkenzer. I try not to do that either, but and so far I haven't. 
Well, I mean, I it's hard for me not to because in order to explain why I don't like the this cast, I have to compare them to what they did wrong in in comparison to. That's that's usually how I explain my reasonings for things. Yeah. So it'll just kind of accidentally happen. <laughs> well, see. I'll pull the Sinkinger card for character development when somebody in the podcast tells me this has strong character development. Oh, Jetman. Jetman. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Nate. No, no, no. It's fine. No, I, I, as long um, as you're not going to talk bad about my boy Guy, then we're good. No, no, no. Guy, Guy is nothing good about Jetman, honestly. And this, and, and this whole thing about good characters because we've we've kind of hit a streak here of two sentai in a row where the characters are kind of there's decent stuff there but the whole the whole group kind of falters a little bit and there's kind of the re- one of the reasons why I I I do hope we get to mega ranger at some point because that's that's that season's shining star um but that's, well, that's for another time. I will say this, Pat. <clears throat> yeah. When we were at this point with Jetman last month, mm-hmm. the only character that I had a very negative opinion of was Akko. And that's yeah. only because Akko had no development. I had an opinion on Raito. Raito is my boy. Guy is definitely <clears throat> our boy. Ryu was a standard red. Nothing too special to write about. And... Kyori was just kind of there to fill the typical feminine, pink, white ranger trope that we need to have. Mm-hmm. But, but that assessment is much more favorable than the assessment I'm giving here for Geki Ranger's cast. Yeah, but at least for the at least for the heroes on the villain side, oh. I think. They're a little bit comparable with uh, Radagat and Ryu in a way. Like, yeah. They're both interesting villains that we liked. Mm-hmm. A- at this point, eleven episodes in, I mean. So yeah, I-, I think I think it says a lot that the '90s Sentai that we were just dogging on for having bad character development did better than the more modern Geki Ranger did. It's mostly because Jetman did a decent job of establishing them. So far, we don't even really know the three too well. No, we don't. I know... We know the most about Retsu. We know nothing about Ron. No. And that's my contention, is that we need to learn more about Ron, we need to learn more about Retsu. Mm-hmm. We're and... going to learn more about John, but I don't think we really want to know more about John. <laughs> I'm still raging at the fact that I've realized tonight, while podcasting with you guys, that these episode titles are named after his damn phrases. And honestly, that's a red flag for me, because my fears of this being heavily red-centric is kind of based around the fact that he it's almost like he's naming the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, this guy just... 
he's one of the worst reds I've seen so far, man. Like he's not he's not Takaharu bad. Like Takaharu is much more annoying, I felt, but this guy is not doing himself any favors either. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna not I'm not gonna judge him too harshly until we hit the final credits, but he hit the first impression is not good. No, at all. Go it, it wasn't good with me either. Yeah, I didn't like John early on either. Okay, what about the first time you watched it? The first time I watched it, that's what I was literally saying. I didn't like him that time okay. either. Got you. Okay. Like, I was 100% just thinking, like, I don't know. Even nowadays, I just kind of think, like, is it possible we could, like, do some weird surgery with these seasons? Like, we could take the jump main three Jungle Fury characters and put them into Geki Ranger's story because then I would have the perfect Sentai there since they have the mythology, but they also have really great characters. Is that possible? Could we just, like, take the main three Jungle Fury characters and just replace them with and use them to replace Retsu, Ron, and John? Is that possible, yeah, people? We, Can we just we, do that? Uh, Power Rangers hmm. Jungle Fury. Yeah, but Jungle Fury doesn't have the myth- Jungle Fury story has flaws, though. Like, mm, yeah, I can see but, that. But I think good characters can save a season with no plot. Yeah. So and I mean, Jungle Fury's plot wasn't that bad, like you're making it out to be. No, but it was driven by the characters, also. I mean, just like Sinkenzer was. Well. I think Shinkendra's plot more so complemented the character development. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, go, I'll go into more detail with my problems with the plot when we do the Jungle Fury thing, which we're going to be posting yeah. before this podcast, by the way, guys. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, we still have to go record that. I'll go into <laughs> more detail on that later. Yeah. Like, I don't hate Jungle Fury's plot. I, and to be fair, probably the early issues with the plot of Jungle Fury was the fact that Jungle Fury had to deal with the Writer's Guild strike early on. Yep. So, yep. so mm. I do I cut it some slack for that. I um, have many thoughts on the Writer's Guild strike and where it hurt Jungle Fury the most. Then we'll talk about a lot that. of it. Yeah, we're gonna have a long mm-hmm. discussion on that in the, in our podcast for it. <laughs> do we want to uh, add for Geki Ranger, though? No, I've said my piece for the start of this. Anthony, if you're listening to this, what the hell are you thinking? I need to know. <laughs> the, first, the first five minutes of our next Geki Ranger podcast, we need to get Anthony's takes on this, because, like, I know that you guys probably thought that I would be here to defend it just as much as Anthony, but I... I can't because I'm with you guys a hundred percent. That's why I. That's why I was okay with Anthony piecing out. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. be here to defend this. I don't know. Like, I I didn't even ask him that. I need to figure <laughs> that out now. Yeah, just leave him an angry DM so he sees it when you he gets up. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. <laughs> All caps. What the heck. <laughs> Oh, just yeah. wait. I got plans now. <laughs> but next time, guys, uh, we'll be uh, taking a look at Geki Ranger Lessons uh, one, um, uh, 12 through 21. Uh, we're going to be going up to 21 because uh, 
19, 20, and 21 are a three-part episode. Um, so we have to go up to 21 next time. Uh, we hope you guys uh, have enjoyed uh, Geki Ranger uh, so far. Um, if you guys are big fans of Geki Ranger and you're watching this on YouTube, please uh, leave a comment down below. Uh, we uh, want to give a big uh, thanks to those who listen to us on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, please check us out at AnimeSecrets.org and check us out on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Once again, we thank you guys so much for uh, joining us, and uh, we will catch you next time with our next journey as Jukin students. But until that time, guys, we'll see you later.